Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, injecting uncommon sense into your tutoring, teaching and coaching business. As always, I'm here to help you if you're already in the business or to egg you on if you think you'd like to be in this business and be well paid for helping people. I'm eager to hear from you to get your stories and your insights, as well as your questions and problems. Just send them to me. It's info at neilcanwido.com. And remember to follow me on Twitter at Tudor Podcast. Right, let's get cracking with this week's episode, which might turn into a bit of a rant, so brace yourself. It's episode 75. Turn the bloody thing off. I'm talking about your phone, that lovable gadget that's had implications on every level. We've all got one, but the implications of owning one have gone far beyond anyone's expectations. Now, I'm going to stick to the problems caused by mobile phones in my business, and maybe you've experienced these in yours too. I'm not going to look at the positive role of your phone. It is a great tool when used correctly. No arguments about it, but having that tool always on, always with you, can be a serious problem on multiple levels. Remember, please, it is supposed to be a tool, so let's use it that way. Don't let it use you. When I say use you, just remember that phone operators, phone companies want you on the phone all the time because they're using the phone's telemetry data to capture everything about you. You become essentially a node on a research network producing data which they can sell and use to figure out better ways to exploit you. So don't be a slave to your phone, guys. I know too many people in whose lives the phone has come to dominate. It goes everywhere with them. It wakes them up, reminds them what to do throughout the day, goes everywhere with them, doing everything with them. It's like having a little Siamese twin attached to them. Now, if you don't think it's a dominant presence, just ask yourself, how many times an hour do you check your phone? If you're checking your phone every couple of three minutes, or sometimes even more often than that, you might end up suffering from separation anxiety, the so-called nomophobia. It's the irrational fear of not having your mobile phone. I kid you not. Just ask yourself, how panicky or anxious did you get that one time that you left your phone at home? Did you turn back and go and pick it up because you couldn't possibly contemplate, say, a weekend away with your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, partner of choice without your phone? Now it's common for teens to object to going on family holidays to places where there's no fast Wi-Fi and no mobile coverage. I've experienced this myself. Now, what I'm thinking here is this phone thing was supposed to set us free. But we're virtually chained to the phone. We're never offline. That means that if you use your phone for work, you're always working. It's sad. We're better than this. Now, at the other end of the phone... Someone has to respond if we're using the phone. So if you, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, if you don't pick up, 
they jump to conclusions. If you're not there at the end of a phone call instantly to respond to a message, to ping back an email or an instant message or something like that, they make an assumption about you. They think you don't care. This is hideous. And I've experienced this myself, believe it or not. If I don't respond immediately to a text, a significant other person in my life used to think that that was rejection of them. And of course, anything written in text, unless you write like a lawyer, is open to misinterpretation. The whole thing is a nightmare. A single non-response, even, can quickly spin into two, three, four, or even more grasping, anxious messages as they try to provoke a response from you. So is it easier to always have the phone on? Maybe it is. Or maybe it's just better to manage that relationship better. Remember that everything gets based on current beliefs. So if someone thinks that the relationship isn't particularly secure, or you don't care, or you're too busy for them, whatever happens will be viewed through that lens. But uh, that's not necessarily the case, is it? If you've experienced this when you're making outgoing calls or attempted to get in touch with someone, bear this stuff in mind. It's vital because it can kill you otherwise. I'd just like to say, remember, however crap you think you are, the chances are that almost nobody else has noticed. They are too busy thinking about their own stuff to worry about you. So another massive negative of having the phone around you is radiation. Now, I guess we all know that electromagnetic radiation is always there. But the more of it you're exposed to, the greater your risk of cancer and other diseases. The radiation is, isn't good or bad, it just is. And the more of it around you, the more at risk you are. The problem with mobile phones and Wi-Fi is that they run over the same frequency range, 2.4 gigahertz or gigahertz, if you like the harder G. That's the same frequency range as your microwave oven. Now, a microwave oven, you think, yeah, very short burst exposure, it cooks everything. But with your Wi-Fi and your mobile phone pinned to the side of your head, and the 4G range runs between 0.8 to 2.6 gigahertz, I like the hard G for what it's worth, then you're slow cooking using microwave frequencies. Now, this parallels what was going on with radios. Uh, radar speed traps in the 50s and 60s in America where the cops would put the, the speed traps into their lap in between trying to book people. And the radiation produced by the radar in the lap caused massive incidents of testicular cancer. We're all doing the same thing with our mobile phones, assuming that it's benign. I am disinclined to believe that it's benign. I don't want to slow cook my brain, my buttocks, or your breasts, depending on where the phone is the majority of the time. Bear it in mind, guys, put the phone away from yourself and turn it completely off when you're not using it. Now, as a musician, there's another aspect to this radiation, and it's noise, electrical noise. If I'm in the studio, a mobile phone will buzz and clatter and fizz and fart through the systems there. It produces electrical noise. It's a pain. Even when the phone isn't working, it's sending out paging signals, is what they call them, to 
tell the network where it is. It's like having an electronic tag that's always transmitting your location to the authorities. That sounds very Orwellian, doesn't it? But that's the world we live in. So, in my opinion, the, the mobile phone and its omnipresence has turned many people into slaves. From the first thing in the morning, what wakes you up? Your bloody mobile phone. Before you even get a wake-up kiss, you reach for your phone, turn the alarm off, first thing you do, check your messages, then maybe... If you haven't been hit with a massive dose of instant stress or anxiety from the incoming messages and tweets and all the rest of the malarkey, then maybe you'll turn to your lover and give him a kiss. The phone has got precedence over your husband, your wife, your partner. My God, how do we get to this? What a mess. Buy yourself an alarm clock. Leave your phone off until you're good and ready to deal with it. Now, when I say it's turned people into slaves, it has. But we've gone along with it in pursuit of always being online. We're available all day long. That means we are always at work, even when we're not at work. If you're having lunch, some people even text from the toilet, for God's sake. I mean, this freaked me the first time I saw someone at a urinal sending a message. I always thought they were taking a selfie of their penis. It's just mental. We're all so afraid of missing out. There's actually something called FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's driving the bus in a lot of people's lives and how they do everything. All day long they're on the phone. Right down to last thing at night. We continue to process and think about the last thing we do, read or watch before we go to sleep. Now if that's a rubbish message, it's going to hit the quality of your sleep your ability to recover, your stress levels. If you've received a social media smackdown just before you're trying to go to sleep, that's a massive problem. And if you do manage to go to sleep, all the time you're asleep, you'll be reprocessing that and entrenching it. So turn your phone off an hour or so before you're going to go to bed, unless you're having one of those phone calls. Now, I don't have to tell you, surely that mobile phones have caused a ton of accidents. Simple stuff at home like a spilled cup of coffee, disasters with power tools, burned food, and even broken noses if you've walked into doors or you're trying to text or you've fallen downstairs or slipped. Accidents happen. Pay attention to what's going on around you. It's probably way more important to pay attention to that drill or that sharp knife you're handling than it is to try to text someone at the same time. I have seen this. It's a horror story waiting to happen. Now at work, it gets even worse because you tend to be working with tools, materials, other people, dropping articles, you're bumping into stuff. It just looks crap. Think about this too. If you're at work answering phones in front of your students or responding to messages, how good do you look? They're paying good money for our time. Let's give them 100% of our attention. Turn off the phone. Do I really have to touch on driving? Well, probably yes, because here in Shropshire, you can just see moron after moron after moron after moron driving around on the phone, texting. It's so dangerous that only a complete cretin would think it was a good idea. You're looking at the screen, trying to read it. Who is in control of that one and a half ton steel box? 
that you're throwing down the road at 80 mile an hour. Who's driving there? If you're texting while you're driving, stop it. You are a bloody retard. Turn your phone off. When I'm in the car, my phone goes in the bag and it stays in the bag. Always. I've had a couple of near misses that have scared the crap out of me. Don't wait until you've had yet another near miss. Take control. Next thing is the effect of your mobile phone being with you on relationships, on a business and a personal relationship. People are more interested in their phones than the real world around them. That seems to be very common these days. So the people in your lives are playing second fiddle to your mobile phone and the trivia being sent to you by text and email and instant message. Get real, guys. That little joke message from anybody else is probably way less important than what you're doing with your partner or your kids or your students. Turn off your phones. Teenagers, really do I have to tell you how bad it is with teenagers? Teenager with a phone, they're so strung out and messed up. It takes two to three days for that to subside and they start to settle down and become human again. Every time you've got your phone with you, you're paying attention to the phone. You're not paying attention to anything else. I remember going for dinner with my then fiance, who had two phones on the table with her, constantly picking them up, sending messages, responding to them. He had a personal phone and a work phone. I felt like I might as well not even have been there. It's crap. Just don't do it. If your partner is doing that to you, Please don't tell them to put the phone away. It'll just annoy them. But try this instead. Make a point of very obviously turning off your phone and tell them, I'm just going to take a second to turn the phone off because right now you are the only thing that matters to me. And I don't want to miss a single moment of this. I don't want to share this with anyone else. This is precious. This is our time. I'm turning my phone off. Would you like to turn your phone off too, so we can spend this moment together. Finally, and this is the business aspect of it in the raw, your mobile phone will devastate your productivity. Every interruption you ever have takes time to recover from. I remember working in an open plan office where people would walk up, ask you deaf questions, and you'd then spend minutes trying to get back into the thread of what you were doing. The most productive person I ever worked for locked his door and told people never to disturb him while the door was locked. He got a ton of stuff done. And we just thought he was reclusive and weird. And that was a long time ago, before mobile phones are anything like as busy as they are now. Interruptions steal your productivity away from you. It might take just a few seconds to read that text message, unless it's from that mate of yours who's a complete blooming windbag but how long does it take you to get back to your spot in work to pick up the threads well the reality is according to the university of california irvine they reckon it's 23 minutes and 15 seconds to recover from an interruption holy crap that's a long time and just how many text messages notifications emails facebook messages tweets instagram alerts do you get every day How many interruptions can you actually cope with? And the reality is that we're talking about intrusive trivia. Let me ask you something. When was the last time that something that was of life or death importance came in a Facebook message or a tweet? I'm guessing never. 
The trivia can wait until you're finished with the important stuff, can't it? If you can't make the distinction between what's trivial and what's vital and significant, you'll get very little of any worth done. Now, if we're all picking up the phone, checking the messages, responding to them, and then trying to pick up our threads, is it any wonder that by and large we're getting less and less done and it's taking more and more time? So faced all this, what can we do about it? Well, the first thing is recognition. Unless you can recognize there's a problem, you can't really respond to it. So what I want us to do is seize control. It's our lives here. And I want my life to be bigger than the size of my mobile phone screen. So get yourself away from the phone as much as you can. Remember, you've got voicemail. You're not going to miss anything. You get missed call alerts. Text messages stay on there until you delete them. From one of my contacts, I've got over 3,000 text messages in the memory. It's, it's amazing how much time I've spent on that and how much of that was actually relevant and useful. So change the settings on your phone. This is the easiest thing to do. When I'm not in a situation where I'm expecting an urgent call, my phone is always on silent. The vibrate function is turned off. And I don't have any on-screen alerts flashing up. That means that I'm a pain in the ass to get hold of. What it does mean is that I'm able to sit down and work on my business. To write, to plan, to think, to train, to do everything. I mean, in the gym, people are using their phones. I can't think of anything that flags you as a tosser more than trying to be in the gym and focus on moving heavy weights. Whilst at the same time, you're thinking about the text message that you just tied up the machinery with whilst you were trying to answer it. Actually, maybe driving and trying to text at the same time makes you a bigger tosser because you could actually kill someone else. In the gym, you just like to piss someone else off. And that someone might be me. So what's your ass? So a little bit more extreme, if you can't handle your phone being on silent, Put your phone out of sight. These are fairly radical steps. Put it in the boot when you're driving. Put it in the bag in the locker when you're in the gym. Put it out of sight in the drawer when you're working. If you're out and about, don't have it in your back pocket. Put it in the bottom of your bag on silent. For me, the phone stays in the kitchen when I'm in the office. If I'm in the studio, the phone goes in the annex so that the paging signals don't interfere with the studio equipment. I've actually been known to lock my phone in the car and park the car down the road so I can come back here and actually focus on some work. Yes, it's that bad with me. And most extreme of all is just turn the bloody thing off. This is the most challenging and probably the most rewarding thing you'll ever do with your phone. The moment you decide that it's a tool that you're going to pick up at predetermined times, your windows, the phone stops controlling you. You are no longer a slave to the phone. It's back in its rightful place. It's working for you. If all that seems extreme, just ask yourself what would happen if you didn't have a mobile phone? You'd be like the oddest person in every room, a total Luddite. But how free would you be if you didn't have that carting around with you? In business, I guess we really need a phone. But for the average person, 
do we really need one? As a tutor, as a business person, I know I pretty much have to have a phone. But I also will keep in mind it's a tool for me to use. It's not something I want to have running my life or controlling me, making me feel anxious, undermining my relationships. I'm going to manage it the same way I'll manage a member of staff, which means it does what I want it to do because I'm the boss. So listen up, everybody. Just turn your mobile phone off and manage it and reclaim your time. Maybe even reclaim your life. And let me know how it goes for you. I'm done with the rant, so I'm going to get off here. Let me know how you get on. I'd love to hear from you. Send me your comments, your questions, your problems. Again, it's info at neilcamado.com. And find me on Twitter, where I am, at Tutor Podcast. I'll try to be a bit more civil and a bit less sweary next week. And we'll wrap up for today. Join me next time on another fun-packed episode of the Tutor Podcast, where I'll be busting myths, trying to filter the fact from the fiction, and diving deep into what it takes to start, grow, and love your tutoring business while staying simultaneously sane. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate, and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow, and love their tutoring businesses.